Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for Thursday, March the 29th of 2018. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. My name is Samuel Adams, and today we're going to be digging into some of the hottest gaming news over the course of the past 24 hours that has come out of the industry uh, that we all love so dearly. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, for those that are new, uh, we do post this podcast to the uh, various formats that are available on Anchor, including iTunes, uh, also including things like, um, I think Google Play might be up there, a couple of other ones, uh, so subscribe on Anchor.fm if you do not already. On top of that, it's also exported to YouTube if that is more convenient for you, and you can check that out, see what you got going on, all of that good stuff, uh, but we are an hour later. It's normally at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I might start changing that uh, depending on how this is received, depending on how people like it, you know, we'll see what happens, but of course, this is also streamed directly to twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams if you did ever want to stop by, check out the live stream in the morning, uh, put some comments in the chat, and really get interactive with the entire experience. Um, But today we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven news stories, and on top of that, I've also kind of refinagled with the layout of the entire show, Uh, specifically the visual layout, not really anything on the back end, it's just kind of a different kind of look for it. Uh, So without further ado, let's go ahead and check out exactly what we've got going on with the new layout of Cabinet, which I need to adjust ever so slightly moving it over just right there. Absolutely perfect. So, the first story that we have here is coming to us from the official Fortnite Twitter account uh, that says, everything you need to start your rocket riding taxi service. Now, this is pretty much a new guided missile that is going to be coming to Fortnite, which is incredibly exciting uh, for those of us that are into Fortnite. Now, I haven't been playing it very much recently. I will admit that I've kind of dropped off in, in interest whenever it comes to uh, whenever it comes to Fortnite. But with that being said... That's really loud. Uh, the rocket is really interesting as far as how it will be used. Um, the thing with the Fortnite community for me is that it's always pushing the boundaries of what is expected of the game. You know, we have rocket riding itself, which was originally birthed through RPG usage and jumping on top of it. Uh, and now I feel like this is going to really just kind of amplify that and uh, increase the portability of the map. And also, we haven't heard anything about the jetpack that we have been talking about for the past couple of years, or years, I'm sco- excuse me, months. Uh, but we haven't heard anything about the jetpack that was supposed to be coming to the game. So is this something that is taking the place of the jetpack? Is this something uh, that is going to be coming in addition to the jetpack? Or is this something that uh, they just came up with and went ahead and threw into the game? I'm not exactly sure exactly where this falls in the entire grand scheme of things. Although, with that being said, it is incredibly interesting uh, to see them working with this kind of idea. Uh, I truly do believe that um, Fortnite is going to be pushing the boundaries of what is possible in BR, but on top of that, uh, there's also a game coming out by the name of Maverick uh, something another, Maverick Battle Royale, something along those lines, uh, that is going to be bringing kind of an MMO element into the uh, into the mix whenever we're talking about Battle Royale. So this is a very uh, thriving you know, portion of the industry right now. This is a very interesting uh, facet of gaming to check out right now. And so I would keep my eye on Fortnite because it is doing some really impressive things, especially with this rocket riding uh, entire experience that we have going on here, because it really does look to be something that I've never seen before, especially in a BR game. Uh, but also, I love the emotes. Everything about this game is just doing it right. Uh, so if you are interested in that, you can check it out in Fortnite, which I would assume is going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I can't imagine they would announce something like that and then leave it hanging for a hot minute. So 
Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Other than that, there's not really any kind of news Fortnite-related, not that I'm aware of. I, you know, there's other things that I can talk about when it comes to Fortnite, but I don't want to oversaturate this and, become, and make it become the uh, the Fortnite podcast or something like that, where we talk about all of the Fortnite news and all the records that are being broken. It's pretty much an understood thing that the game itself is just absolutely incredible when it comes to how influential and how impactful it is for the culture overall. It's nothing we've really seen before, uh, at least not on this scale. It's it's almost as big as something like League of Legends uh, in my mind. It's just so popular throughout the entire culture. Uh, I'm sure that I may get some backlash from that statement. We'll see what happens. Moving on to the next story. Uh, coming to us from Kotaku. PlayStation VR bundle is getting a price cut. will be $100 cheaper. Uh, this broke yesterday just before the episode of Caffeine went live, so I thought I would save it for today because it's not like it's some kind of you know imperative story to include. Uh, This is coming to us again from Kotaku's Brian Ashcraft. Uh, As of tomorrow, the starter PlayStation VR uh, PlayStation camera bundle will be $299, which is $100 less than the original $399 retail price. That means the PSVR Doom VFR bundle will be $299, down from $399, while the PlayStation VR The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR bundle will be $349 instead of the original $449. Similar price cuts will go into effect in UK, Europe, and Japan. In case you missed it, read Kotaku's PlayStation VR review down below. I don't really plan on it. So, essentially, this is a discount to the PlayStation VR after we've been seeing them for the course, uh, or over the course of the past about year and a half, really, uh, is since they've been, um, is when they began to slash that price. The question that I ask here is, does this reflect the performance of the PlayStation VR, or is this just kind of built into how uh, the the uh, marketing mechanics of the PlayStation VR are working? Did they plan months in advance uh, to see if this would, in fact, be you know an impactful discount at this specific point in time in March of 2018? Was this planned out way ahead of time? And I would say that probably not. I think that whenever a company is bringing a peripheral to the table, especially something that is as... Uh, hands-on and as in-depth as the PlayStation VR is, I think that's all kind of... um, They're trying to make as much money on that as possible. That's what it comes down to. And so... Uh, with this discount, it just shows that the PlayStation VR may not be doing as well as people originally had intended or thought that it would be doing, and that's very disappointing because, as I said yesterday, I think we were talking about either... We might have even talked about this discount. Um... This is a very impactful time for PlayStation VR because it is the easiest way for somebody to get into virtual reality. It is the cheapest way, at least to my knowledge, uh, to go ahead and try your hand at VR and see what it is capable of. Instead of buying something like a giant $1,200 computer or an Oculus Rift, of course, you can get more entry-level models of computers that are capable of running things like the HTC Vive and Oculus. Uh, But when it comes to PlayStation VR, you simply need at least a launch day PlayStation 4, which is relatively affordable at this point, or a PlayStation 4 Pro if you really want to get something that's a little bit more of a high-end experience, something along those lines. And so it is interesting to see this kind of emerge and um, and get a $100 price cut. Will it actually make a resurgence and become something that people go out to the store and buy and really get involved in? I'm still not 100% sold on that. I don't know that it will. Uh, I think that it's definitely an interesting way to push VR forward to the general public. I think that it's going to be a big player whenever we're looking back and we figure out where VR really took a turn. I think that the PSVR is going to have a big, big role in pushing the technology forward, at least to the mass consumer. But as far as the, uh, the mass appeal and the mass adoption, I just don't see that actually happening. Uh, however, $100 off is a pretty significant amount of money, uh, at least it is for a college kid like myself. I mean, if I was to be buying this, or at least in the market for one, and I was to see that uh, it was $100 off, you know, 
I'd be pretty excited. So if you are pretty much anywhere in the world, you can get the equivalent of 100 US dinars off of the PlayStation VR headset, and uh, and you can get in on that Doom, some Elder Scrolls. Uh, there's a game called the um, the American Dream, I think is what it's called, where you pretty much just have a ton of guns and you shoot everything. That's how you solve your problems is that you shoot things. Uh, that That's a pretty novel idea, I guess. I don't know. It's an interesting one. There's a lot of awesome stuff coming to the PSVR uh, that is definitely worth checking out, even though I haven't purchased one yet. And to be honest, I probably will not. Next up, coming to us from Polygon's Michael McWhorter, which is a very popular uh, artist here, I suppose, if you want to call this this art. In the chat, I am Rex Titan says, I'm actually watching live today. Hey, look at that, man. Look at that. Uh, yes, you are. Uh, I actually waited one hour just to see if there would be a bigger turnout, see what was going on, and uh, and just try new things, you know. Uh, but Lego The Incredibles game is coming in June. Two Pixar movies in one Lego game. Lego The Incredibles, a game that combines Lego brick building and Pixar's first two. The Incredible Incredibles movies is coming to the Nintendo Switch, PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One on June the 15th. Lego game maker TT Games is developing the title, which lets players conquer crime and family life as the super-powered Par family. Uh, the Pars, otherwise known as Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible, Violet, and Dash, will be playable in the two-player co-op alongside friend of the family Frozone. Wow, that was a weird way to word that. According to an announcement from publisher Warner Bros., players will quote-unquote explore action-packed story levels in an epic hub world, including Munisaburg and Namanasan Island. Wow, I haven't seen the Incredibles in a long enough time to really know those names, as they use their unique super abilities to bring the city's villains to justice in LEGO The Incredibles. Uh, LEGO The Incredibles will hit consoles on PC and PC the same day that The Incredibles 2, director Brad Bird's sequel to the 2004 Pixar animated film. It's been 14 years. My lord, I'm feeling old. It hits theaters on June 15th. Check out the movie's most recent trailer for a taste of The Incredibles' next adventure. Uh, probably not going to be watching that. However, we will go ahead and check out this trailer. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, new movies that are coming out, when it comes to things that are really appealing to the mass audience, this is something that is sort of a no-brainer. You would expect some kind of Incredibles game to be coming out with the release of the newest movie, and it seems like LEGO is a pretty good fit for that. Obviously, whenever you're talking about a movie being transferred into a game, things can go very, very wrong. Uh, we've seen that time and time again, but when it comes to the younger audience, it's kind of a no-brainer to go with LEGO. It just works. And uh, obviously, this game looks fantastic. It looks very interesting. I love the uh, I love the way that it looks aesthetically, and I think that it's going to be very appealing, especially to a younger audience or those that are super into Lego games, which there are many, many uh, people that are into the Lego games. Uh, so, you know, it's very cool to see them uh, doing this whole little spiel right here where it's going from one to two. It includes all of the movies, all that good stuff. There's Baby Jack-Jack with uh, all of his strange superpowers and whatnot. So, if you are super into The Incredibles, you can check it out on June the 15th whenever it hits a console or a PC near you. Uh, it's also going to be interesting to see the sales of this, how it is um, received on the Switch itself. Uh, rather than just on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And obviously the PC will do okay, but it's not going to do incredibly well. Um, but it will be definitely interesting to see how it shapes up for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, because I think it's going to be incredibly popular over there if the price point is right. You know, in the long term, as the hype around the movie does end up dying down some, I don't think that this is going to be, uh, you know, 
a longevity kind of game. I don't think it's going to be sticking around for quite as long as people would expect it to. I think that this is going to be kind of a one and done. So we'll see how the sales turn out for this. Um, but it's pretty cool to see them doing this for the new Incredibles movie. And also, as somebody who grew up around the early Pixar movies and early Disney movies like this, it's cool to see them coming back. You know, I'm not a huge Disney guy. I'm not a huge movies guy. But I'm, you know, respectful of the fact that people want this and are dying for it. Uh, now, are people dying for the Legos game? Who knows? I suppose we'll find out, and I'm sure that we will get Mr. Michael McWhorter writing about how badly it flops in the uh, in the sales. Next up, uh, for those of you that have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation Vita or a PlayStation 3, we are talking about the PlayStation Pluses. Uh, or PlayStation Plus subscriptions, whatever you want to call it, free games for next month, which is April. Uh, The headliners, of course, are the PlayStation 4 games Mad Max and Trackmania Turbo, both of which I can co-sign on. I think those are great games. I've played Mad Max. Trackmania I did a report on back for the drop a couple of years back whenever it did release, and it looked to be pretty okay. You know, it's not any kind of mind-bogglingly amazing thing or anything like that, but it is a pretty interesting little um, game. Uh, so this is coming to us from James Allen at the uh, PlayStation blog. In Play- It's PlayStation Plus time. Not in PlayStation Plus time. Here are the free games coming to PlayStation Plus members in April of 2018. First stop, Mad Max with the PlayStation 4. Developed by Avalanche Studios, you star as the iconic lone warrior surviving a hostile wasteland, Max Rokotansky. Nailed it. Uh, His dangerous journey begins after a gang steals his legendary interceptor, combining open-world vehicle combat with bone-crushing battles. Mad Max will keep you fully immersed as you fight to get your interceptor back and make it to the plains of science. Silence. Not science. My bad. Racing fans will appreciate Trackmania Turbo, a polished PS4 arcade racing game where your goal is to achieve the perfect racing time. You can hone your skills with 200 pre-built tracks and then create and share your own custom tracks to make the competition last forever. Uh, This month's PlayStation Plus lineup also includes In Space We Brawl for the PlayStation 3 Toy Home for the PlayStation 3 as well, 99 Vitas, not to be confused with Vitas, but 99 Vitas coming to the PlayStation Vita, and then Cubert Rebooted is also coming to the PlayStation Vita with Crossby coming to the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. And of course, with PS Plus, you get a bunch of other benefits, including exclusive discounts, online multiplayer, cloud save, share play support, and more. Uh, learn more at this link here, which I think we all kind of already are aware of. And that's it for April Overwhelmingly, I would rate these out of a out of a scale of one to ten. You know, I would say these games are generally about a six. I think these are pretty solid games. I might give it somewhere around a seven or a seven point five because Mad Max is genuinely a pretty cool game. Uh, the draw of Mad Max for me is that it does bring some awesome car combat to the table. I would say that it does open world car combat probably better than most games have ever done it. Uh, I think that it's definitely one that should be played, and if you enjoyed the movie, it literally is more of the movie, but it's not a movie-based game. You see what I'm saying? It's not one of those games where it is going off of the plot of the movie. It is completely and totally dependent on the success of the movie. Obviously, the game did pretty well on its own, and so that's why we're getting it for PlayStation Plus, because it genuinely is... I would say one of the games that you need to play for this generation, it's kind of up there in my book with something like Shadow of Mordor, and I know that's a bit much, you know, I know that's a pretty boisterous statement, but when it comes down to it, I think this is a pretty significant thing. Uh, Alan in the chat says, morning, Alan, good morning, I hope you're doing well. Uh, But this is a pretty significant game uh, for those that do want to check it out. Now, Trackmania Turbo, I mean, if you're into arcade racers, then you might want to give this one a shot. I'm probably going to end up downloading it. I think it's a pretty cool little game uh, because... It's free, so why wouldn't I? You know, there's no sense in not downloading it. 
and we will go ahead and check all of those out. I might stream a little bit of Mad Max. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of interested in it. And if I'm ever going to stream it again, uh, this is the time because this game has been dead in the water for quite a while since no one really cares about any kind of game that comes out, you know, a couple of years back. Except for the retro people on on Twitch, you know there 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 are communities, but nobody actually really genuinely cares about about games like Mad Max and Trackmania. So if I end up picking these up, we might go ahead and check them out on stream, see what's up with them. Uh, but we will definitely see what is going to be happening. And that's pretty much your PlayStation Plus lineup for the month of April in 2018. Uh, Overall, you know, the PlayStation Vita games are kind of dwindling at this point. I will check out Cubert Rebooted. I've heard good things about it, but I've never been a big Cubert dude. Uh, that was a gross sentence for me for some reason. And then Toy Home and then Space We Brawl. It, PlayStation 3 is just getting some really, really bad... Oh, God. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Moving along to the headliner of the morning. Sean Murray's official account on Twitter, at No Man's Sky, has revealed... Uh, that there is going to be a big update coming to No Man's Sky, and on top of that, it's also going to be coming to the Xbox One and the Xbox One X. Coming in summer of 2018 is No Man's Sky Next, a free update for PlayStation 4, PC, Xbox, and Wii Game. What is Wii Game? It's our largest update so far, and we're working our socks off, so we'll go... Wow, that's loud. So we'll go ahead and check that out, but this is essentially the next big thing coming to No Man's Sky, which many of you will say, but Sam... I thought No Man's Sky was a dead game. I thought no one cared about it anymore. You're right. It is. Um, but it does still have potential. I am still going to be standing behind the fact that there is a lot of potential here for No Man's Sky to make a comeback in the current setup that we've got right now. Uh, now, for the love of God, don't make don't make No Man's Sky uh, BR. Don't, don't do anything like that, and they wouldn't do that. I'm just kidding. But what I do believe this update is going to entail... Uh, it is going to bring more exploration into the mix. I think the multiplayer might be a part of this. Uh, there is no real uh, news as to what this is going to be containing, but the main reason this was put out, according to Sean Murray, uh, in a couple of tweets before, is that a small announcement is incoming. We generally say as little as possible now and focus on making things for uh, people to play, but this was about to leak. So essentially, they got ahead of the fact that No Man's Sky is going to be coming to the Xbox One and the Xbox One X. And on top of that, they're also going to be bringing a ton of new content to the table. Uh, so, the question here is, will people actually end up going back and testing out No Man's Sky and seeing what the changes are? I don't believe so. Um, if it is, the, It's a very complex issue here. Because I don't think this would be nearly as significant and nearly as impactful if the game wasn't also being debuted on the Xbox One. The fact that it is jumping to another console, the fact that it is coming to a place where so many people play and so many people missed out on that experience, I think that's where the value lies in this story because now people that wanted to give it a shot back in the day can give it a shot now that it has been kind of sorted out, more content has been added, some of the mechanics have been adjusted. I think this is where the game actually does have potential to make a comeback and shine. Uh, now, will it end up, you know, becoming the the pinnacle game that it was supposed to be whenever it was being, you know, hotly anticipated by all of the news media? I don't know that it can ever come back that much, but there is a huge amount of potential within No Man's Sky's next update, like literally the next update, uh, to really bring the game back to glory and really bring it back to what it should have been to begin with at the very least. Will this be a huge disappointment? We'll see what happens. They should have released more details. Because at this point, you don't have the right to tease anyone. You don't have the right to hype anyone up because you have been disappointing us for the past, what, three years now? You have been just, just leading us on? 
And so you've lost that ability to go ahead and say, you know what? Get ready for the next big thing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Who's ready to check out the future of No Man's Steel? Like, you, you, you don't have that right anymore. You have used that card, and so now you have to literally show us what you are doing because that's whenever we make our decision. You can't just come in here and expect us to go ahead and accept whatever you're throwing down the table. That's too much. Uh, so I digress. I'm still a little bit salty about No Man's Sky. If you are interested in checking out the new No Man's Sky update, it is going to be coming out in summer, uh, and it is going to be coming to the Xbox One and the Xbox One X as well as the PlayStation 4 PC and Wii game. I don't know. What is, what is Wii game? I've got to. I've got to find out. Oh, oh, okay. So it's ten cents Wii game, which is essentially the competition of Steam in China. Okay, look at that quick Google work. That's nice. So if you are a Chinese player and you have a Wii game account, then you can go ahead and check that out. However, uh, it will be certainly interesting to see what happens whenever No Man's Sky does end up making a comeback. Uh, I hope the best for it. You know, I really do want this game to thrive. I think that it uh, has a lot of unfulfilled and unexplored potential that it could definitely benefit from exploring. And so we'll have to see how all of that goes. Uh, but I digress. The next story is coming to us from Game Rant, uh, and it is written by Derek Nichols. Sea of Thieves is the fastest-selling first-party new IP for the Xbox One. Following its initial reveal at E3 of 2015, fans have been eager to sail the open waters of Microsoft's exclusive open-world game, Sea of Thieves. Not only does this mark Rare's big return to game development, the game intends on letting players live out their pirate fantasies of sailing, treasure hunting, and battling other players encountered on the open water. So far, the experiment appears to be a major success, even with a handful of flaws. It's arguable. Uh, while Rare continues to improve the overall experience, Microsoft announced a few recent achievements to open World Pirate Game has managed to unlock. Microsoft announced on its blog that Sea of Thieves has quickly gone on to become the best-selling Microsoft Studios first-party title on Windows 10 and the fastest-selling first-party new IP of this generation. After launching to a million players on March 20th, the game has continued to grow, now hosting over 2 million players. On the social side, Sea of Thieves has also been watched for over 10 million hours since it launched, with 100,000 people streaming the game in total as well. The community effort has also pushed the game to the top of Twitch and Mixer multiple times. Uh, the post goes on to reveal that Rare is actively listening to the community in terms of fixing issues caused due to the high demand as well as future updates. Just yesterday, a new update came out to resolve an issue preventing Xbox Game Pass users from playing the game in addition to other fixes. Even though Rare isn't planning on releasing a post-launch roadmap like some companies do, the developer is planning on releasing news regarding what the team is working on and how it plans to continue to evolve the Sea of Thieves experience. While the news is undoubtedly a big win for Microsoft and Rare, it hasn't always been smooth sailing for Sea of Thieves. Unfortunately for many players... Widespread server issues have not only prevented many from accessing the game in the first 24 hours, but forced Rare to disable some features, such as achievements, to improve the experience in a short time. In addition, or in the short term, excuse me, in addition, many players continue to question the amount of content that the full game contains. That's where I stand on this. Um, a problem that originally rose from the community during the beta test. It's a question that Rare will likely have to address soon in order to retain a high play account the game has seen since launch. So... As an onlooker looking into the Sea of Thieves debacle here, I believe that what we have with Sea of Thieves is a game that has so much potential, it has so much promise, uh, but essentially when it comes down to it, I don't know that it can fulfill the expectations that were set for it to begin with. Uh, the game is so much fun to watch, but it depends so heavily on having entertaining and fun people to play with. That is where I stand on this. Um... If you are playing this game alone, you have to have a very imaginative mind. 
If you are playing this game alone, you have to understand how to play this game alone. You have to find other people. You have to do all this stuff. It is possible to have a genuinely fulfilling single-player experience, uh, but it really does thrive on having somebody to play with. And so, with that, you know, I'm not really the the social player. I'm not really the social gamer. I tend to stick to myself, and I'll do a duo or a squad or something in a BR game occasionally, but I generally play single-player games when I possibly can. Uh, With Sea of Thieves coming to the Xbox One, or... um, with Sea of Thieves coming to the Xbox One and the PC, I, I felt compelled to give it a shot, but I just don't believe that it is going to be one of those games that I really dive into in the same way that I've dived into games in the past. I almost said divin' into games in the past, but that wouldn't be right now, would it? Um, but to see the success that the game is having is very, very impressive. Uh, the fastest-selling first-party new IP for Xbox One is a big, big statement, but you have to consider uh, that there aren't a ton of brand-new IPs this generation for the Xbox One. It's generally been playing off of your Halos, your Gears of Wars, your your uh, your um, general like uh, rare replay, things along those lines. There aren't too many Xbox One exclusive games uh, that are really, really significant for this generation. And so to see Sea of Thieves coming out, uh, it's a big deal because this is genuinely one of the only big, big titles uh, that the Xbox has over other players other of other consoles. And it's no surprise that it's the best-selling, you know, or the fastest-selling first-party IP for the Xbox One because that's literally one of the only ones. And so, uh, if you have tried Sea of Thieves, I would love for you to reach out and let me know what you think about it in the comments or in the chat or wherever you might be, uh, because it's a very interesting game to kind of analyze. I think that it's going to be one of those ones where we look back and say, this was significant. It didn't turn out the way that we thought it would, but it wasn't bad either. I think there's a lot of potential here for this game to be huge, and it is obviously huge because it's still one of the top games in the Steam uh, or in the uh, the Twitch directory, and for good reason. It, it is reaching out to a lot of people. And so, as time goes on, will it continue to be a genuinely awesome experience? We'll see. You know, will it, will it evolve and become something even better? Uh, we'll also see. But, as for right now, Sea of Thieves is the fastest-selling first-party new IP for the Xbox One, and I feel like it will probably hold on to that, that title for the majority of the rest of the Xbox One's life cycle, including that of the Xbox One X. Moving to our last story, Outlast 2 PC patch reinstates scenes that were cut to avoid adult-only rating. This is coming to us from IGN's Shabana Arif. And we also have a big old Windows update. Isn't that lovely? Uh, Outlast 2 is getting a new story mode that will make the game much easier, as well as adding in scenes that were cut from the PC release that would have taken the game's M rating up to adult only. Red Barrels announced the update on Steam, saying, quote, We've taken the opportunity to reinsert some of the things we had to remove from the original game in order to get an M rating. These changes are not drastic in our opinion and do not impact gameplay, but they had to be made to avoid an adult only rating. Outlast 2 was initially refused classification in Australia due to sexual violence, specifically a quote-unquote ritualistic orgy. After some changes by the developer, it eventually got past uh, the board for release. Red Barrels later said that the original submission to the ratings board contained the final game code and a video file for reference taken from an alpha version of the game. This video file was apparently not representative of the final game, given that the content was classified as something that could never that never should have been included. It will be interesting to see what changes will be coming with the latest update and if this scene makes it back into the game. Story mode will decrease the number of event, of enemies. Excuse me that you do face within the game, while lowering the perception, speed, and damage they meet out. Uh, There will also be more room for exploration instead of chases. The idea is to offer players who just want to see the story minimal uh, challenges along the way. At the end of last year, the studio confirmed that it's already working on its next game. Rather than a sequel to Outlast 1 or 2, it will be a distinct experience set in the Outlast universe. Uh, Everything in this article sounds very exciting to me. 
I love the idea of having an Outlast game that is set in the universe, but not necessarily a direct sequel to what's going on in the Outlast 1 or Outlast 2 worlds. I think that it's very cool to see them kind of expanding this universe and genuinely making something that I thought was going to be kind of an indie horror game into what appears to be pretty much a power trilogy of horror game genre. It sounds like they're doing fantastic things over there at Red Barrels. I think that they're going to be bringing Outlast to new heights that I never thought that I would see them bring it to. And it's incredibly fun to see where they're going with this. Now, what is this ritualistic orgy that was requiring an adult-only rating? I feel like that is going to be one of the most interesting games, uh, or at least scenes in this game, uh, that we have ever had. And, of course, there are a lot of interesting scenes in Outlast 2 if you have never played it. Uh, Will this also be coming in the update to the Nintendo Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One? I don't know. That sounds like it's a bit iffy uh, just because of the nature of something like the Nintendo Switch and also other consoles. So it says that the PC release... Uh, is going to be getting these new additional, you know, scenes and whatnot. But I don't know that it will be coming to the PlayStation 4 and whatnot. Uh, Oh, here's an editor's note. The additional scenes are only for the PC version of Outlast, and this article has been updated for clarity. Good. Okay, so now we understand what exactly is going on here. We do have the PC version getting all these new and improved and and, and violent, god-awful scenes. I think that is going to be... An interesting little spin on everything. So if you're on the Nintendo Switch and you uh, and you want to protect your young eyes from what we have going on within Outlast 2, then you don't have to play the new, more violent, uh, you know, scenes within the game if you don't want to. I think that is a pretty good story to wrap up this episode of Caffeinate On. It's surprisingly a very um, a very light episode. I expected more, uh, to be honest, for a, uh, a Tuesday or wait, it's a Thursday, excuse me. I thought we would have more stories for a Thursday, but I suppose that we will have some for the Friday show. And uh, if you are listening on podcast services and you have enjoyed the show, I would love for you to leave me a rating on iTunes or wherever you might be listening. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about the show, what you think about the new layout, all of that good stuff. If you are watching in Twitch uh, chat, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. It's been awesome seeing people pop in, just saying hello. Very nice, very nice. I will be live again later on in the afternoon, more than likely, uh, and also in the evening as well, just to kind of hang out, to have some good times. Going to be playing some Far Cry 5 because I want to dive back into that. Right now, I have to go edit this podcast, go for a run, do some life things, as we tend to do. Uh, But this will be up very shortly on podcast services and YouTube. But as for right now, thank you for joining me for this episode. I will be back tomorrow. Again, Caffeinate is live uh, at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, generally, uh, Monday through Friday. uh, And you can join me there and hang out on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. Follow me on Instagram at Samuel Adams Media, Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy, all of that good stuff. Enough of my peddling of my wares. I will talk to you guys very soon and peace.